Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. What time is it now? Consequence Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for making your way here. Thank you for checking out the series. I do hope you hit the subscribe button while you're hanging around. Uh, You do that, I'll give you three brand new interviews every single week. So if this is what you dig, hit that subscribe button. You'll get a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which is a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Audible, Red Circle, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today Oliver Sim is my guest, the uh, the XX frontman. We're going to be discussing his new LP. It's called Hideous Bastard. Uh, it's it's a record that really, as he says, triumphs over fear and shame. Uh, we'll hear about him living with HIV, talking about that in the opening track, wearing several masks throughout the set, and literally wearing a monster mask in the accompanying short film. Uh, and it's with that that we hear about his love of horror, appreciation of Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and having Graham Norton and Placebo as heroes while growing up. Of course, we're also going to talk a little bit about the XX, what it's been like working outside of the band, and their plans for more music in the future. But let's get into it and talk hideous bastard. It's Kyle Meredith with Oliver Sim. Hi, that was slick. You like that? Yeah, I can't I, I can't say that's not at least a little practiced at this point, but the, the last parts are, are new and true. So there you go. I mean, the 815 in the morning, that was um, incredibly impressive. Yeah, the puffy eyes and everything. I'm trying. <laughs> what, what filter takes care of morning? <laughs> Oliver, uh, first off, let me say how much I've enjoyed listening to this record. Um, you know, for for the heaviness of it and the powerfulness of it and and the cool aspects of the video. I mean, this is such a cool, interesting project that you've put here. So let me just throw out the congratulations right off the bat. Thank you. Really, thank you. I hope you don't mind jumping into the deep end because right off the bat, I mean, the first words we hear are I'm ugly, not, not even considering the title of the album. But uh, in this song, Hideous, like... How did you want that to set up the record and how does that speak for the rest of it? So 
I wrote that song two thirds into the record, very much knowing kind of what it was about. This record for me is about fear and it's about shame, uh, which like, I know that paints quite like a dark, scary, sad sounding record, but that's not what the process of making this has been. You know, my agenda hasn't been to write about these things, to beat myself up or punish myself and make myself feeling worse. It's, it's writing about these things because talking about them is the opposite of shame. Like shame for me has been about like secrecy and hiding and trying to conceal these things. Um, so I see it as like a, a, joyous, a joyous thing and kind of starting with that song kind of sets you up for, for what, you're, what, what, you're, what you're in for, really. And I think the, the opening line, I'm ugly, says it all. Well, even by the end of that line, you know, you, you throw the mic drop down pretty hard, living with HIV since 17. I mean, what was it like putting all that out there? Uh, you talk about being joyous right now, but, but I, I imagine there is sort of that fear that comes along with that. Yeah. 100%. Like my, my initial decision to put my HIV sticks in the song was a really impulsive one of just like, I, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Um, and it was at a point in my life where most of the people uh, in my inner circle knew, some people didn't. A lot of people I had maybe told like once and been like, okay, that's done. We don't talk about that now. But we, we've done that. Um, and me putting it in a song kind of makes sense because it, songwriting for me is, I'm a lot more willing to be honest in songwriting than I am in conversation because songwriting is not a conversation. It's a conversation with myself but there's no back and forth there. I don't have to be in the room when somebody listens to this. I don't have to make eye contact. Um, so me putting in a song was an impulsive thing. I played the song to Jamie and the second person I played it to was my mum. And my mum, I put this in my statement, but, but like my mum was just like, hold on, hold, like cool down here. She She knows me very well and she was like, how about some baby steps first? How about you start having conversations with people you feel safe with, see how that makes you feel and go from there. Um, which was exactly what I didn't want to do. It was really not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but, I, but clever mum, like I took her advice and I did those things. And, you know, I started having more and more conversations. They were quite painful to begin with. But each one became a little less heavy and just a bit, a bit easier. And then I was speaking to more and more people, people I just met, I was speaking to journalists. Um, and by the time I released the song, it wasn't this dramatic thing. Like, you know, as far as I was concerned, I had no control over it anymore. It was out in the world. So good on mum. Good on mum. Really good on mum.
I think we can say that a lot. Uh, that's a, do we do we need to make do we need to write a song for this conversation to make it easier for you? Is that uh, is it easier through song then than as you said? I'm I'm getting in. I'm like I'm in the swing of it now. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not an open book, but I'm like much much more open than I was a few years ago. Like nothing's been like flipping a switch of just like oh i suddenly feel liberated now i've released this song or it's it's like slow burn kind of change but recognizing that you and i we've just met on this zoom and we're having this conversation i know that w- wouldn't have been possible three years ago to have mark that a great yeah it, it's almost like i mean you talk about flipping that switch and <clears throat> well, it doesn't mean all of the same thing, but going from hideous straight into romance with a memory. And they're the words handsome is. I mean, you are kind of turning it around, at least opening that door. Like the journey of this record, as you saw it, and if you, I, I, I'm going to take some assumptions as you do see it as sort of an album, as a scope of a story. But what was the wider story that you didn't want to tell by the end of it? This is, I suppose, just like the many masks that we wear, uh, with the many ma- masks that I wear, you know, if, looking handsome. Um, often when I am trying to present myself as the most handsome, well, when I have been, it's because I'm trying to distract you from what's going on here. <laughs> you know, like hideous, hideous isn't, a you know i visualized it like a monster but for me hideous is feeling it's not a um it's not a look (laughs) um and just like playing with the idea of hideous handsome um and all the shades in between well that's um kind of it makes an easy seg to the uh the the visual part of this because you put together the short film which is such a cool film i mean right from the beginning you get this was that late 70s early 80s late night television vibe you know we know we're gonna get the uh the, you know the the, the creeper feature uh, you know in some degree here uh where did this whole thing come from because it also allows you to tell the story of this album through a different piece of visual like why why did you choose horror i've always loved horror um and it's it's something that's not a shared interest within the XX, so I haven't really been able to to get into it. But, you know, it doesn't make sense on paper why I gravitate towards horror, because I'm quite a anxious person. I've got quite a lot of fear. But horror isn't necessarily about scaring myself. It's... And I think that there's something in it because I've noticed my friends that share my love for the genre are all quite sensitive people. Um, But I think a big thing that drew me to horror was just the characters, the monsters, you know, the monsters that were being cast away or chased out of town or seen as being hideous for some reason, um, but were more importantly, allowing themselves to be angry. Uh, It's something that really spoke to me and I identified with because growing up, I finding characters that I thought I could identify was quite hard. 
you know, I, I, I wasn't an action hero. That, that's not what I wanted to be. That's not who I saw myself as. I wasn't a Disney prince. But the monsters had something to it. Um, the monsters and the final girls were the, the people that I saw myself as or maybe aspired to be a bit. But making a film was just something. I made, I made the film at the same time I was making the record. So like the music very much inspired the film, but the film also inspired the music that I was making. And I knew I was, I knew I was making music that was quite confessional. Um, but I knew I didn't want to present it in a way that was like overly earnest and and was shouting at people that this was, this is honest, this is real. Me at my rawest and stripped back. Because often the way I digest any kind of art, if it's shouting at me, um, this is real, this is honest, this is earnest, then my automatic reaction Will always be no it's not bullshit it's absolutely <laughs> and I, I I have such a like a need and a craving for like fantasy um I think you know definitely in cinema fiction can be just as like meaningful and revealing than you know documentary film um and making my own horror seems like the best way to deliver this record. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. 
Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. You're listening to Kyle Meredith with Oliver Sim. Let me also compliment you. Your acting is good. Like, really good in this. Like, is, does that come naturally for you? Is that hard to connect to? It's really hard to connect to. I do not see myself as an actor. i tell you what was really fun and really a lot easier than just normal acting was being under, like, two inches of prosthetics. Becoming like the monster from all the movies I grew up with, uh, or like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, becoming one of those monsters, I was like fantastic. Making like being big and angry and killing lots of people, I really enjoyed myself. The more like earnest moments of like not having that mask, um, really hard, really really hard um but it was also fun like Jan the director created such like a sensitive and calm space full of nice people so he he made it a lot easier I was just watching the musical episode of Buffy uh (gasps) the other day and bunnies (sighs) and (laughs) and I I tell you what Sarah Michelle's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I owe so much to. Like she, she was one of my first like heroes. Yeah. Um, and that show is horror, but it's also just like high camp as well. Um, yeah. It was perfect. That. Yeah, it was. It was perfect for, especially for the time. You know, for my age and everything else. I, I agree with you. The uh, I, I want to bring up. You know. Speaking of heroes, I guess is what I'm going to be asking here too, because you know, in this in this short film, um, you know, one of the characters is this young boy who's sitting in front of the TV and he's seeing this version of you and he's seeing himself in you. And I thought, I, you know, what, you know, what are the odds that this is the you looking at you? I'm trying to say that in a less confusing way, but did you have that person? You know, maybe it was Sarah Michelle Geller, but did you have that person that you were looking at at the TV, uh, uh, you know, when you were young and going, oh, I can see myself in them. This makes the world a better place. Um, yes. I think it was a lot of digging um, and maybe using my imagination in part. Um, but in terms of like on the television, there's a, there's a host on British television called Graham Norton. Um, love him I think he's the best the best but he's always been like visibly gay um and he is on like every television in the country um and he meant a lot to me like I remember I remember my stepmom this is so I've brought this up to her recently but I remember her she had like clocked me at like 13 years old she she knew what was up 
and we were watching Graham Norton and I remember her being like, well, Oliver, you know, um, Graham's gay. Graham's, Graham's in a relationship uh, with a man. Um, and I was like, all right, okay. Why are you telling me? <laughs> Just like, really embarrassed because I knew, knew she had like sussed me out. But she was just like, you know, that's absolutely fine. That's that's totally okay. Um, so yeah, people like him, and then like in music, placebo are a band that really meant a lot to me, and still do. I've been covering them in uh, the shows that I've been playing. Which song? Nancy Boy. Which is the first song that I, that got me into them when I was about thirteen or fourteen, um, because Brian Molko and Stefan from the band were the first people that identified as men that had all of those qualities that kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer had. Um, they had they were very beautiful and they had that femininity, but they were making angry music and they were in the enemy and um, they were in a world where I didn't think that had a place and um, so I think that they definitely have meant a lot to me and that they were the really came at like a formative age for me so I'm, I'm very thankful to Brian and Stefan. I'm so thankful that there's a new placebo record by the way that's uh, that's been a lot of fun this year that's uh, yeah. absolutely you know, I, I'll go on here. Um, I know we're running up against the clock. You know, coming outside of the XX, it's it's always funny because you're all still on each other's works. Uh, that's like at some point, I'm hoping that there's going to be a featuring album that's just all the solo work that you all did that still kind of makes it the XX. But it, it, is there freedom of not having that brand, I guess, associated with, with an album like this? The beginnings of like working on my own um coming from the xx I, I think i think the band has a dna and it has a sound and i knew i wasn't going to try and recreate that that only happens when it's the three of us but i've been in the xx since i was 15 uh, and it just brought up the question if i'm not one third of this band who am I? <laughs> like, wh who am I? What do I sound like? What what ways do I work in? What do I write about? Um, which was really daunting to begin with. Um, but then, you know, it, it opened up anything. I, I could try anything. I, everything was at my disposal, really. And the first few songs I made... They were terrible. They were really terrible. They were all over the place. But eventually I made, started making mistakes that sounded quite good and I would lean into that. And that's very much how the XX started. Like everything came from mistakes and limitations. And, you know, we, we didn't sit down and plan what this was going to sound like, what we were going to write about. It just kind of happened. And that's kind of how this record happened as well, um, which is nice. What a beautiful creation you have made. Thank you. Uh, I love this. I love this version of you. And um, and I hope we get more of it. 
Um, I selfishly hope we get more of the XX as well. So, you know, you're just going to have to pull double duty, whatever that means in the future. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's my duty at the end, <laughs> like in every interview, because it's not even just my duty. I just love to say it. It's like the XX will always be my home and it will always be my priority. Um, and normally I won't speak for Romy and Jamie, but I know they feel the same. Um, and I think all of us doing our solo projects just makes me excited. If like, how is this going to change the band? What have we all learned independently? And nothing is recorded at the moment, but there is more music from the architects. Definitely. I look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, I'm really enjoying Hideous Bastard. I also uh, am hoping for more short films. I mean that. Do that. Yeah. Keep making movies. That would be the dream. If, if anyone wants any music for their film, contact this guy. If anyone wants a cameo from a monster, contact this guy. Um, yeah. And soon enough, you'll be sitting on the Graham Norton couch talking about the latest movie <laughs> that you're doing. So, <laughs> Oliver, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I so enjoyed this. Me too, me too. Thanks so much. My thanks to Oliver Sim. Again, the new album is called Hideous Bastard. And if you dig uh, deeper into the uh, podcast series, uh, Kyle Meredith with, uh, I've got one with Romy from the XX in there as well, when uh, she released uh, her debut solo track. That's uh, much deeper into the uh, podcast you can search for. So thanks to them. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the episode and the series. Hit that subscribe button before you get out of here so you'll get all three of the interviews that I release every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual spots, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Red Circle, Audible, NPR, WFPK.org, or of course YouTube for the video versions, wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Ice coffee, it's what kind of keeps me going in the day. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.